Over the blue line, Dustin Brown on his backhand, saved by Omar, second try from below the goal line, but squibs underneath, nobody can find it. And finally it pops free. In the circle, Mesut shot scores! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. You know, this is a move that obviously prepares for the future and going forward. And and we've got some, you know, a draft pick and some uh, some younger prospects in, in return. And, and, and that's, a, you know, whether it was now or at the deadline, it, it, it's what we've been focused on here for a while. And, and this is one that we got done here today. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. That was Kings GM Rob Blake talking about the timing of trading Jake Muzzin. I imagine it's never an easy decision to trade a player, particularly one you've won with and who's still in the prime of their career. But this trade and all of the rhetoric from the front office makes it clear that this franchise is ready to reshape itself into a more competitive mold moving forward. As with any trade, I wanted to find out what Kings fans can expect from the newly acquired players, so I reached out to some people familiar with Sean Dersey and Carl Grundstrom, Never miss an episode by subscribing today. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. Dersey would be on the offensive side of the defenseman. Um, you know, a puck moving with, with high hockey IQ. Joining me now, the play-by-play announcer for the Owen Sound Attack, Mark McKelvey. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Jesse, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm excellent. The reason we're calling you is the, uh, the LA Kings have traded Jake Muzzin for a first-round draft pick. And two prospects, one of whom, Sean Dersey, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, spot on. Uh, played for the Owen Sound Attack. Now, he's been recently traded, but played there for the past, uh, what, three seasons? Yeah. This and was so his, uh, uh, this was his fourth year. So I imagine there's fewer people uh, better suited to talk about him than you. So what can Kings fans expect out of young Sean Dersey? Well, uh, right away, I think the scouting report on him is he's a, a defenseman. That's got a lot of uh, offensive upside. Uh, he is uh, putting up great numbers once again this season, and this is something we saw from him as soon as he jumped into the OHL. Um, he had a knack for putting up points, and it, a lot of it comes from his hockey IQ. But I think the first thing I noticed with Sean, like I said, is, is what he brings on the offensive side of things, but that's not to, uh, to overshadow what he does in his own end. Um, to me, his hockey IQ is, as I said, through the roof. And because of that, um, he excels in, in, in both zones, uh, you know, in his own end and, and in the attacking end. And um, the, the big thing about Sean Dersey is he's one of the, the hardest workers that I've come across uh, during my several years covering uh, the OHL. And uh, he's really earned everything that he's got to this point. Uh, you think about it, he was passed over in an NHL entry draft and then taken last June by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. And to see a guy re-entering the draft uh, essentially or coming back around a second time after being passed over and to go in the second round and to prove a lot of naysayers wrong. Um, Sean Dersey's been uh, quite the story to this point. He's uh, listed as six foot 187. Um, is he a player that's sort of better suited to the quote-unquote modern game where everyone's talking about speed and size and skill? You know, is he a he's a defenseman, I take it, who isn't going to use the body so much as the stick and positioning? Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, that's spot on. Um, he's exactly made for uh, today's today's game, so to speak. Uh, you know, when you think about his play in his own end, I don't really see him that often throwing the body. You don't see him with those big hits into the end boards or really burying guys. But 
at the same time, you never see him kind of getting taken to school or anybody uh, getting the better of him because he doesn't have, you know, he's not the biggest defenseman, so to speak, because of his hockey IQ. I think his positioning is always so good. And, um, you know, he's always thinking a step ahead. And probably because he does so well uh, when he's in the attacking end, he can kind of think uh, along the lines of a really talented forward and kind of read the plays uh, better than most defensemen. And he's also just, when he gets the puck in his own end, he's, um, such a good puck mover and he's got a good first step that it allows him to really get out of any sticky situations and you're not going to see an aggressive side from him too much but you know at the same time he's not someone who gets pushed around at all and when push does come to shove he'll step up and he'll get in there and it's rare but you know I've seen him drop the gloves a couple of times so <laughs> okay. he, he's got that he's, he's got that in his game if it you know if it gets brought out it's not something you're going to see very very often but uh, if you push his button he'll he'll bite back the first thing that, that I looked for when I heard that one of the players coming back was a defensive prospect was whether or not he was a right-handed shot. Um, he is. Uh, does that is that something that, um, that you think makes him more valuable, or am I over uh, am I overselling the fact that he's a right-handed shot? Um, you know, it's a, you hear that all the time, and especially in today's game. Uh, I think the biggest thing what I see from Sean Dursey and why I think he can get to the next level and why I think he can play in the NHL is, uh, again, as I said, hockey IQ. And he is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best power play quarterback in the OHL. And, you know, in his own end, or I should say in the attacking end, you know, he's such a playmaker. He's got unbelievable vision. Not not the biggest shot in the world, but just great accuracy with it. And the amount of times that I've seen him sort of walk the blue line and then just let a, a good wrist shot go from the point that, just kind of floats through and picks the corner. Um, he's got such a knack for that. And you watch him and the way he plays and uh, the compete level, it's all there. He's a hard worker. Um, but, you know, being a right-handed shot, definitely some people will, will think that's a, a big bonus for him. And like I said, um, you know, what he brings to the table um, on the offensive side of things is uh, the potential to rack up a lot of points. And you mentioned it off the top, the fact that he's now with a new hockey club, that being the Guelph Storm. And, Guelph, from what I understand, and, and also from being able to see them so many times during the regular season in the OHL, they're a lot more of a freewheeling team compared to the system he was playing in in Owen Sound. There's, I think, a lot more structured. Um, but in Guelph, it's a lot of kind of go out there and do your thing. And um, to this point, he's really excelled in that to, you know, over a point a game. He's already got five goals in, in eight games with the Storm. So I'll be interested to kind of watch uh, his development here through the last few months and, and into the postseason. Um, you know, because I think he's going to have a great opportunity to really display all of his talents. Can I tweet out the best power play quarterback in the OHL? That's a that's a <laughs> I, great statement. <laughs> I think I think you definitely can. Uh, a lot of people will talk about who the best offensive defensemen are in the OHL, and you know Evan Bouchard, the Edmonton Oilers prospect. He put up huge numbers last year, and um, since being sent back to the OHL again, he's having a good go of it, but. To me, you know, Sean Dursey missed a little bit of time this year. Had he not missed that time, I think he'd be right up there as the top scoring uh, defenseman in the league. And I think a lot of guys will tell you around the league that um, you would love to have him quarterbacking your power play because he's just, like I said, great vision, can get those pucks through, uh, moves it well, and, and also very mobile across the line. And uh, it's a treat to watch him when uh, he gets those opportunities. 
So you've sold me on, on him on the ice. I'm very excited now. I mean, I was already excited, but <laughs> now I feel justified in the excitement. What can you tell us about him off the ice? I mean, I not that it's a, a perfect or infallible sampling, but I mean, we've seen some of his tweets. He seems like a very nice boy. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to describe him. Uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of getting to know him over the last few years, and um, I tweeted it. I think when he got traded, just uh, his hard work and determination, and and just seeing where he's got to to this point, you, you're kind of proud of someone who saw him come into the OHL as a, originally a 12th round draft pick. So he kind of overcame the odds there, got to the to the OHL, and in his first season, he ended up playing a little bit of forward because uh, they were trying to get him into the lineup and. That was really the only spot they could go with them. Well, they already had a ton of defensemen. And, you know, he just went out there and he, he proved himself, you know, night in and night out. And you saw the work that he was doing in the off season. And every time he came back for a new year, you could see he'd improved. And he'd gained, a, you know, another tool to his arsenal. He'd gained another step. I mean, um, and at the same time, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, I know when they drafted him last June, they had actually invited him to their rookie camp the summer before, and they loved what they saw from him. And I think a lot of that was his character. And, you know, they'd considered potentially offering him a deal. They watched how he did last season and then took him in the second round. So he proved himself there. And uh, he's, you know, a hard worker, great character, and, and, a, and a leader, no doubt about that. Now, before I let you go, you know, I've got you here, so it would be sort of a waste of an opportunity not to ask about King's fourth round uh, draft pick, Aiden Dudas. How's, or Aiden Dudas, how's he doing? Uh, he's doing all right. His game's really picked up in the last few weeks since the since the trade deadline. Uh, he had a bit of a slump where he wasn't really scoring, and a lot of people know, um, you know, he's such a, an offensive talent. Um, you know, it's a big year for him because of the fact that. Uh, the Owens Town attack have kind of gone into a bit of a, a rebuilding phase now, and they've, they've dealt away a lot of their top players, including Sean Dursey, along with uh, Nick Suzuki, and uh, top overager Kevin Hancock, and Kings prospect you know, Marcus Phillips also got dealt to the Guelph Storm. So Owens Town's really starting over, and they're putting a lot on Aiden Dudas to, to be the offensive catalyst, to, to be the leader uh, of that forward group. And, you know, he's starting to, to really, I think, relish that role and starting to uh, find success. And uh, he's a treat to watch. I mean, you look him up online, you watch his clips. Uh, of course, everyone knows he's not the biggest player, but when he gets going, uh, it hits a lot of fun to watch. And every single night you can make the case that he's the hardest worker for the Owen Sound attack. And, um, you know, you want to talk about players that are going to be leaders. I think it's kind of sitting right there for Aiden Dudas to, to reach out and to take the C, he's probably going to be the leader going forward for that hockey club, and it's only going to serve him better uh, down the road. Last, last question. It's a simple one. Uh, Sean Dersey turns 21 in October. How far away is he from being NHL ready? Uh, that's that's a good question. I, th I think it's probably a couple of years, um, but uh, I definitely think he's going to get to it just based on having watched him since day one. Uh, he is a laser-focused you know, when he sets a, sets a goal, he goes out and usually accomplishes it. And, of course, uh, I think he probably could have played in the American Hockey League this season. The Toronto Maple Leafs decided to send him back to Owen Sound. I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, he was a bit of a late bloomer, had dealt with a couple of injuries over the last few seasons. So they wanted him to have, a, I think, a final big year at the major junior level. But in my mind, there was no doubt that he could have been playing on the Toronto Marlies this year full time. And, I could see next year him having a real solid season at the American Hockey League level and 
really starting to push for a spot probably two two seasons down the road. That's excellent news, Mark. I want to thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, good luck in on sound with your rebuilding project as we uh, <laughs> looks like we're about to undertake our own out here in L.A. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's a pro it's a process, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. You know, in case of the Grundstrom, obviously his compete, his effort, and his work um, has been mainstays. Uh, you know, his sense and the poise is above average, and and a strong skater. Joining me now from the Athletic Toronto, Scott Wheeler. Thanks very much for joining us, Scott. No sweat. So the Kings send Jake Muzzin to Toronto and get back and exchange a first-round draft pick, right-handed uh, defenseman prospect Sean Dersey, and Carl Grundstrom. You cover both the Leafs and the Marlies. What can you tell us about this player? Well, Grundstrom's an, an intriguing prospect. I've kind of been fascinated by him for a few years, even dating back to before he was drafted when I was evaluating that draft class. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me all along was – just his ability to to generate shots and his ability to finish with his shot. Mm-hmm. He's a, a very straight line player. So he's North South. Um, he can attack with his speed. He's an excellent skater. He's a very physical checker. He gets in on the four check, all of those things that you expect out of a player who's kind of a physical checking winger, but he can also finish with his release. And I think that provides him sort of maybe a little bit more upside than your typical kind of fourth liner. So I, I could envision him with the right center who can kind of get him the puck playing maybe a little bit higher up in the lineup, i.e. becoming kind of a third-line winger. Um, and he's not going to offer a lot in terms of creativity or playmaking. He's just the kind of kid who just throws everything on that and then just drives the net to try and finish off plays. So I, I think what you can expect is, is kind of a tenacious, hardworking, um, mediocre kind of <laughs> middle-of-the-road player. I mean, he's he's not going to be a star, but I also don't think he's ever going to be a liability or or even a fourth liner. So uh, if you can get a productive sort of third line winger who can score and finish around the net out of him, then I think that's a success. Now I read your article, uh, Carl Grundstrom and the art of getting pucks on net. So I read about, (laughs) uh, I read now you, uh, you described for those who have not yet read it, that he just shoots from anywhere on the ice and that a coach who, you know, who preaches pucks on net pucks in deep boys, you know, that kind of um, talk, you know, he, he will, flourish in a in an environment that that prizes that sort of mentality but i'm curious to hear you say that you think he'd be a third line center now part of that i admit is my bias out here in la sorry winger um in la for the past 10 years more or less our third line has not been looked upon to score goals it's been you know jared Stoll, Mm -hmm. dwight king trevor lewis um adrian kempe nick shore those sorts of players um do you envision him as a third line winger uh, on any team in any franchise or is that, or, or, or are you sort of placing him as the, as a team like the Leafs might use him? Um, I, I think it's more uh, on a, I'm not sure he would be that on a contending team. He's mm-hmm. probably a fourth line guy on a contending team. Um, but I think on a, on a mediocre kind of playoff team, he can be that kind of a guy. I think, there is upside there to him for him to play on most teams in the league and maybe eventually be a, a third line winger and a, and a productive one at that. And a guy who can chip in 15 goals. Um, but again, on a contending team, I think it would be hard to imagine him playing that high in the, in the lineup on a team like the Leafs. 
his future within the organization was certainly going to be on the fourth line, just given the depth that the Leafs have at both left wing and right wing. And Grunstrom's kind of interesting because he has played both. So that is a feather in his cap. He's played a lot of left wing and a lot of right wing with the Marlies and before that in the Swedish Hockey League. So uh, maybe that helps him get into a, a sort of higher in the lineup role because he can kind of play both wings. But uh, certainly on a team like the Leafs, I think he would have been hard pressed over the next few years to be more than a fourth liner. In the article, you mentioned how he uses his skating and his strides and his body positioning to um, amplify mm-hmm. his games, you know, when, when he gets in close to the net. He's not huge, but he's not small. Um, I, I can't remember where now I, I read that he pl- that he has an edge to his game. Um, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's an instigator, but he's certainly not shy about using his body. What can you say about the physical aspects of his game? I would absolutely say that that's a strength of his game. Um, he will finish every check. He's, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say he's an instigator, but he's, he's darn close. I mean, he is a very physical kind of in-your-face. Um, he's never going to fight, but he's, he's going to finish his checks, and he's going to laugh at you after the whistle if you try to get in his face. And He can be a little bit of a pest that way and get under opposing players' skin and and all of that is very much part of his game. So I think you can absolutely expect him to be a, a very physical, physical presence. Everything that I read about him, uh, including your article, the, the image that began to form in my head, and, and this may be a little bit earlier than your time, but the image that began to form in my head was maybe a slightly more skilled version of Ian LaPerriere um, or, or perhaps yeah. a, a higher scoring Trevor Lewis. I mean, that's the sort of player that I've always gravitated to. So it's entirely possible that I'm just trying to make him into that <laughs> for myself. But, but I mean, it sounds to me like what you're saying is he's a, a, on a decent team, he is a contributing third line winger who will put in 10 to 20 goals and will use his body to wear down the other team and, you know, isn't a defensive liability. Yeah, I think that's absolutely what you can expect. I mean, I, I think the Trevor Lewis of those names that you you threw out there is probably the, the best example. Lewis is a guy who was always kind of a 25 to 30 point guy, mm-hmm. give you maybe 15, 16 goals, but he'd also give you 10 assists. And I, I think that's kind of the mold that you can expect out of Grunstrom. And I think in the process, he's going to be a decent possession player. He's not going to be a liability in his own zone. Uh, and he's going to have high shot totals. So all of those things are effective in today's game and, and useful to a coach in the right role. But I certainly think that he does need a center who has a little bit more creativity and a little bit more playmaking ability than he does, because he's not the kind of guy who's going to drive a line. And I suspect that he's more of a complementary piece to a better player on the line and that kind of a thing, just because um, he's more of a give and go player than a primary carrier and all of that. So uh, I just think he's the, he's the kind of player who you can expect to be at the top of the crease and, and fighting for loose pucks and banging home rebounds and uh, driving wide off the rush with his speed. And, and he's got, he definitely has a decent release. So he's going to score some goals. Do you put any stock into the notion of countrymen playing together and amplifying each other's games because they, you know, are from the same country or came up in the same system? Well, I certainly put stock into chemistry. I do think that players work better with other players and that certain types of players complement other players more effectively. Uh, as far as countrymen go, I, I'm not sure I would subscribe to that. I think good players play well with other good players, and some players are good from Sweden and some players aren't. So uh, <laughs> it's certainly a mixed bag in the NHL, and 
And I think it would depend on who his line mate is and what that player looks like. But uh, chemistry, I, I definitely would agree, is a major factor in success at the NHL level. He comes in, uh, as my understanding is, he, he joined the Marlies for their uh, Calder Cup run um, and put up a bunch of numbers. And then this season, the numbers are good, but maybe not as good as they were in the playoff run. Is there any difference in his game that you were able to see in regular season games than there was in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs bring out certain types of play and certain types of players. Um, is it possible that that was just a magical playoff run, or do you think you're seeing the same game and maybe the numbers just aren't there uh, at the same level they were in the playoffs? Uh, that's an interesting question. I- I've been okay with, with Grunstrom's game this year, but he has definitely missed his, his line mates of old, if you will. The, the Marlies graduated a lot of players, including Andreas Janssen. They lost their captain, Ben Smith. And Grunstrom never really found the center that kind of worked for him in the same way that he did last year. Grunstrom also played for a decent stretch of last season's playoff run with Trevor Moore, who has spent a good chunk of this season playing in the NHL. And he just hasn't had the kind of dynamic offensive talent that that Calder Cup winning Marlies team did. Um, so part of it is just certainly that he's been asked to, he was asked this season to take on a bigger load. He was asked along with Jeremy Bracco, who has really blossomed to be a go-to player, but him and Bracco didn't play on the same line. So they were expected to drive their lines on their own. And that's just not the kind of player that Grunstrom is. And I, I just think that the Marlies going from being the best team in the league, quite frankly, to being a mediocre borderline playoff team in the AHL had a ripple effect on some of the high-end talents that they had. And, and Grunstrom was certainly the player where that's probably been the most pronounced. Um, that isn't to say that he's been bad this year. He hasn't been bad. He had a, a disappointing camp for the Leafs. A lot of people expected him to make the Leafs out of camp over a player like Tyler Ennis, and that just never happened. And then I thought he went back to the Marlies and played quite well. I mean, he's been one of their better players for a good chunk of the season. And the Marlies have really struggled this year. So the fact that he's been able to be one of their consistent threats to scores is certainly a good thing for him. The rain uh, are not having themselves a great season. Um, I'm curious, obviously on a team like Toronto, that's loaded with a lot more forward depth than the Kings are. There was, I, I understand there's no room for him in a situation like the Kings may be soon facing with a lot of familiar faces out of the lineup. Do you think he might have an opportunity to flourish in a late season call up to the NHL? Or do you think he'd be better off, sticking in the AHL for the rest of the season and giving a shot at uh, next year's camp? I'm not sure either of those options would be necessarily a bad thing. I, I often warn against those late season costs because I think they can, for a young, really young player, can derail mm-hmm. uh, a season in a serious way. But Grunstrom's not 19 anymore. He's 21. He's getting close to kind of his peak years, quite frankly, based off of what we know about aging curves nowadays. And, um, I think he would be fine in an NHL role late in the season. I think he could play a fine checking role and, and put in a few goals down the stretch and, and he would, he wouldn't need a major adjustment period. He's now settled in on the North American ice and his game is definitely one that works more effectively on the North American ice than it did on the international ice when he played in Sweden. And, uh, that isn't to say that calling him up is something that I would recommend. Uh, I, I'm always of the opinion that players, unless you absolutely have to plug them in because due to injury or, or a playoff run that players like Grunstrom are better off starting fresh in camp and just making the team out of camp and getting acclimated with their line mates. And uh, you hate to see players who get that five game stint and they play like 
garbage and then the coach has that that's sticking in his mind when training camp rolls around the following season so uh, oftentimes those late season blunders are, are just a matter of a guy not knowing his line mates so it's probably better for him to just come into training camp next year and try and make the kings out of camp and stick with them for the full season but if he were called up late in the season i think he would do just fine well scott i want to thank you very much for your time we appreciate it Thanks. No problem. And uh, good luck to you and the Leafs, and enjoy watching Jake Muzzin. And cheers. We're looking forward to it. Well, I think we're looking at a lot of different options, and uh, you know that will play out as we go forward. But again, a lot of these moves will be made for the future of this organization.